What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, before we start the show, let's talk about our Amazon link for the holidays at bobseska.com. Whether you're shopping for yourself or if you're buying music by one of our excellent indie bands or if you're getting a jump on your holiday shopping without leaving your house, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping until you're dropping and by doing so through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thank you for shopping through our Amazon link and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. What's this? A piece of toast? A pretzel stick? Popcorn? What blockhead cooked all this? What kind of a Thanksgiving dinner is this? Where's the turkey, Chuck? Don't you know anything about Thanksgiving dinners? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? Look at this. Is this what you call a Thanksgiving Day dinner? Did we come across town for this? We're supposed to be served a real Thanksgiving dinner. Don't feel bad, Chuck. Peppermint Patty didn't mean all those things she said. Actually, she really likes you. I don't feel bad for myself. I just feel bad because I ruined everyone's Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is more than eating, Chuck. You heard what Linus was saying out there. Those early pilgrims were thankful for what had happened to them. And we should be thankful, too. We should just be thankful for being together. I think that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> the role of Peppermint Patty being played by President Donald Trump this year. From, from our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 19, 2019. And this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's the greatest damn soap ever. Hi, what's up? What's happening? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 1034 of the Trump crisis. Day 59 of the impeachment of Donald Trump. 349 days until the 2020 presidential election. And without any further ado, let's bring him in, my friend, Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. I can't talk right now. I'm watching my stories. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Hi, Hi. everybody. Uh, happy Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, we're, we're thankful for all of you. Bob, I'm certainly thankful for you. Uh, this is He's Bob. Uh, I'm Buzz. We're ready for the show. Uh, I'm wearing a nice jacket, and Bob's in shirt sleeves. 
<laughs> Again. <laughs> anybody, anybody other than me get the feeling this Trump guy is uh, bad news and that he's going to go through some things? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I just, uh, I don't know where I heard that, but I, I can't stay very long today. Uh, I, I got to get out of here. It, it doesn't have anything to do with monitoring hearings. I'm off to the hospital. Uh, I, I want to get an unscheduled head start on next year's physical. You too. I'm fine. I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. Thank you for your concern. Uh, I, I I hate to say this though, with the holiday coming up, I think it's going to be a tough Thanksgiving. I, I have a feeling uh, people are going to be fighting over more than just a drumstick. Probably. I'm Could getting be, ready. I've got my headgear. Maybe using pads ready. Yeah. Maybe using the drumstick as yeah. a weapon. I don't right. Know. Right. Uh, there's there's talk now the president might not pardon a Thanksgiving turkey this year. Mm. Uh, he, he just found out the turkey's the whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> off. He off thinks everyone's the whistleblower. Yeah. Off. Off with his head. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting you. I've figured this out. I'm kind of excited. I don't want to spoil mm. the surprise. I'm thinking about getting you the board game a clue for Christmas. Oh, very nice. Because I, I was thinking if the Trump presidency were a game of clue we'd already know it was trump uh, in the oval office and the tool was rudy giuliani i think it's all pretty clear to me game over right yeah game, game over game over that is settled case closed holy shit well thank you for joining me today my friend and oh, yeah. uh, lots to talk about we've got testimony happening right now with jennifer williams and uh, lieutenant colonel vinman and the uh, house intelligence committee and we want to get to all of that here in just a second plus maybe a little bit recapping of uh, what happened late last week with the testimony there of uh, marie yovanovich and uh, the ramifications of all of that but before we I'm- dig in Buzz. I'm dizzy. Yeah. And well, you know yeah. the biggest biggest news story. It, it ain't the impeachment. The biggest news story of the last 24 hours is, is of, of course, course uh, Fartgate, right? That's, Fartgate. We have that's to, what I'm hearing. Yes. We have to talk about Fartgate. In fact, Stephanie Miller, that was the first thing she asked me this morning when I was on her show, was Fartgate. Because we have our priorities as podcasters. You know, we can well, sure. it's not all outrage. It's farts sometimes. Well, it, those of you who don't know. Uh, last night on Hardball, on Chris Matthews' show on MSNBC, uh, Eric Swalwell was the guest. And as he was explaining something about the impeachment, right in the middle of that, there was an audible fart sound. And now there's all kinds of speculation on Twitter as to where the fart sound came from. Could have been Swalwell, but everyone, I think the safe money is on Chris Matthews. Here's here's the actual clip. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. <laughs> Yeah, see, now that is unmistakable. There yeah. was. <laughs> well, we're going to have to run that down to the lab. We might have to slow that down, but it sounds to me like, and, and I hate to say this because he's a, a fine cut of a man, but the way Eric Swalwell pauses there yeah. in, indicates a muscular exertion. Oh, wow. Uh, so we have one vote for Swalwell. Well, huh? let's, I, I, as investigators, I think we have an obligation to go over the tape again. <laughs> okay. Here's that, that uh, Swalwell tape again. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. <laughs> Isn't that... You've, you've done that. We've all done that, what you're saying, or you think, and, and you just need, give me a second, and then you can continue with your sentence. I, I you know, I, like I said, he's a, he's a fine cut of a man, and uh, I think we can all be very proud of Eric Swalwell, but yeah. uh, with all these hearings, all, you know, your diet gets thrown out of whack. And so I'm thinking, sure. where, is, where is Chris, Chris Matthews remains on a soft diet at all times, so. 
Chris Matthews yes. had the crab cakes for lunch, I think. That's I, what's I, rest my, I rest my case. Here's, and, of course, I had to make a drop-in of it. So we've got this. So that Oh, that's the actual one. Well, yeah. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. One, <laughs> one for the archive. You know, when they when they do those archival things like they've done about Watergate and other yes. significant uh, <laughs> events in history, uh, that, that recording will be in, like, the museum. You can go by and sure. kids can be yeah. a red button on the wall kids can push and listen to it. All the president's men, of course, sure, Walter sure, Cronkite yeah. reporting on the JFK assassination, and, of course, this. Right, the uh, sound of the Chris kids. Matthews. I say it's Chris Matthews, or it could be Eric Swalwell. We don't know. Yeah, well, normally I think Chris is your first suspect, but in any good uh, mystery. Uh, your first suspect is often not the actual culprit, and I think in this case we have uh, recorded evidence that <laughs> yeah. it was very likely Mr. Swalwell. I'm I'm sorry. I you know that I didn't want to bring you these results. I'm just the investigator. And the rule is he who smelt it dealt it. So I mean it could be anyone in that room. They just have to right, tell us who right. who smelt it first. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, in, in all seriousness, we've got day three of the public impeachment testimony in the impeachment of Donald Trump. Uh, Colonel oh Vinman. I think blowing most people away in terms of uh, the content of what he was saying today. Uh, Jennifer Williams uh, right there, too, uh, testifying side by side. There's more testimony this afternoon, isn't there, Buzz? Who's testifying uh, later on today? There there is. I'm so glad you asked, Bob. I've got it right here. (laughs) Good. Kurt Volker, former special envoy for Ukraine Ah. and uh, one of the three amigos, by the way. Very exciting. And also NSC official Tim Morrison. I so see. that's uh, coming up this afternoon as soon as you and I finish recording this show. Right. And I, I, in all seriousness, uh, uh, Colonel Vinman's testimony, uh, maybe, uh, we keep saying this, I know, but each testimony seems to top the previous. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may have been the most powerful thing said so far yeah. in, in the impeachment hearings, if I may quote this again. Sure. I was fortunate enough to have my fingers covering uh, the keyboard when he started saying this, and I just knew in my gut it was going to be something important, and I was able mm-hmm. to capture it yep. word for word. And so this is the, an amazing quote from Colonel Vindman today. Without hesitation, I knew I had to report this. I had concerns, and it was my duty to report to the people in the proper chain of command. It was improper for the president to demand an investigation into a political appointment, especially a foreign power, end quote. Wow. Wow, yeah. Uh, This from a Purple Heart recipient and Mm -hmm. uh, a a man whose integrity can't be impugned unless you're Republican. Or unless you're, yeah, unless you're Donald Trump Jr., who's been, uh, you know, poking at uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman all morning. From from his stammering all the way down. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump Jr., someone who's only ever fired a gun at, to murder exotic animals, is now impugning, as along with the rest of the Republican Party, as you just said, a decorated military war veteran, a, a, a right. wounded warrior. And this is their sport now. They're aligned with the dilettante, whiny former host to the Celebrity Apprentice over someone who fought in Iraq and uh, and took shrapnel in that endeavor. Or as we call it, Tuesday. I mean, that's... that's <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what they do. And it is frightening that they represent the numbers that they still do, even mm-hmm. though those numbers have receded. Uh, there's still a significant force out there in favor of the president. And yeah. I, I, I have to take a minute here to say how appalled I was, how jarred I was mm-hmm. to hear... Uh, ranking member Devin Nunes uh, say t- today or, or to launch today that attack yeah. on the media. Uh, it was essentially a speech to the American people, urging the American people not to pay any attention mm-hmm. to Pulitzer Prize-winning mainstream 
news reporting right. by ethical journalists. Uh, we already have, I, I've been sorely depressed on one level this week, and that is the 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 loss of facts and the loss the yeah. loss of faith in, mm-hmm. in a free press understatement and, yeah. and and uh, confused as to how we ever get that back and to to pile on to that to hear uh, member Nunez say what he said today mm-hmm. I I wanted to throttle him figuratively <laughs> speaking <of course. laughs> yes politically right yes. <laughs> right politically I'd like to not not I don't freedom of speech now no just uh, politically throttle him that's right that's right well I mean the the thing that I keep going back to whenever I hear them impugning and attacking a, uh, a decorated war veteran uh, I go back to 2004 this is something that we've observed all along 2004 at the Republican National Convention George Bush's second uh, rena- or his first renomination for the presidency. Uh, there were uh, Republican delegates wearing purple bandages to mock John Kerry's purple hearts and right. his uh, his decorations from Vietnam, knowing full well that both Bush and Cheney somehow were able to skirt going to uh, Vietnam. And they never actually made it to well, they actually uh, They actually themselves. wore skirts. Yeah. That's how they... <laughs> exactly right yes president Klinger. when you throw me softballs i can't help myself <laughs> so vindman's opening statement again one of the quotes that i i noticed in all of this buzz the thing that stood out for me and i think for a lot of us is uh the following passage which he addressed to his father he said dad uh, my yes. sitting here today in the u.s capitol talking to our elected officials is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the soviet union and come here America in search of a better life for our family. Do not worry. I will be fine for telling the truth. Oh, my God. (laughs) Doesn't that sort of bring tears? I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, How touching is that? You know, and it just I think it helps. America see what an mm-hmm. incredibly credible witness this is. And meanwhile, uh, Devin Nunes is sitting there making this noise, right? <laughs> Crapping in his pants. And at no time was there more crap in Devin Nunes's pants than when he referred to Colonel Vindman as Mr. Vindman, which is oh, <laughs> is highly disrespectful. Here's uh, that little uh, brief clip okay. from the uh, from the hearings today. Mr. Vindman you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, ranking member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. Uh, Le- <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you testified <laughs> in the deposition. Wow, wow. That was, uh, wow. That was uh, my, uh, something else right there. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And, and kudos to your staff for turning these clips around so quickly. <laughs> I, am, I know I am, they're I'm sitting I'm sitting here rather impressed. <laughs> they're working hard. They're scrambling, getting everything together. In fact, I'm being handed new material every second now. Thank <laughs> thank you guys. I appreciate it's, your help. Yeah, I'm talking to no one, by the way. That's how <laughs> that's how crazy I've become. I know, that's how much, I know I know the feeling. <laughs> that's how much I need a break <laughs> starting next week, I think. Yeah, um yeah. meanwhile, this is something that that caught my attention too. Devin Nunes referring to the attack against an American election and an attack that continues through the next American election as the Russian hoax. Um right. again, this is the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee tasked and Putin with Putin is thrilled. And Putin is thrilled. Yes, 100%. I mean, this is Devin Nunes taking the 
the word of Vladimir Putin, Konstantin Kalimnik, Paul Manafort, and Donald Trump over the word of the entire United States intelligence community, over the entire Senate Intelligence Committee, which is run by Republicans that has unequivocally come out and said, yes, Russia attacked us in order to help Donald Trump. And then, uh, of course, the complete Mueller report, especially that first section of the Mueller report. And Devin Nunes is perpetuating this idea that it didn't happen at all and that it was Ukraine that actually hacked us in an attempt to frame uh, Russia in that endeavor. And see, this... This is infuriating. Where we there are two dangerous, two yeah. dangerous forces at work here. Uh, the, the damaging, uh, nation damaging things that Nunez said today, yeah. and an uneducated and uh, illiterate, politically illiterate uh, populace mm-hmm. uh, willing to believe it, or, or willing to listen to it, or willing to consider it even credible. Yeah, uh, this is a dangerous, dangerous combination. He's telling people who don't know any better lies and this is goes to just what i was talking about about this age of disinformation in which we live yeah and there's no bigger bit of uh, disinformation right now than this insane crowd strike conspiracy theory and that's essentially what every republican on that house intelligence committee especially devin nunez especially jim jordan certainly congresswoman stefanik this is the idea that they're pushing they're pushing the concept that this cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike conspired with ukraine and the dnc to hack the dnc server not russia which we have right. absolute unequivocal evidence of wasn't russia it was those three entities working in in concert with each other and and we know exactly where this theory came from it came from russia's Konstantin kalimnik yep and and we're now living in an age where uh elected lawmakers in this country are spouting uh, this Russian conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that we know not to be true. Yep. Uh, we All of our intelligence agencies say it was Russia. There's no evidence that Ukraine interfered None. in the 2016 election. And despite these facts, they're saying it uh, to an ignorant populace uh, that will believe it and embrace it. Now, I, I, it's in a minority, this yeah. ignorant populace, yeah. uh, but just barely, really. I mean, it's it's closer than you or I would like to see it be. And uh, this is what, what Nunes said today angered me it's damaging yeah it's the it's one of the most damaging speeches i've ever heard the the key question in all of this too is why why are they pushing these conspiracy theories whether it's hunter biden whether it's the the major conspiracy theory the most bogus of them all the crowd strike conspiracy theory why are they doing this well because they're getting their marching orders from the kremlin via people like Konstantin kalimnik and, and paul manafort who be began this entire conspiracy theory about CrowdStrike back in the summer of 2016 when Manafort was still working on the Trump campaign. That's where this came from. And the reason they're doing it is, of course, in defense of Donald Trump himself, but also because their loyalty appears to be uh, 100% devoted to uh, Vladimir Putin and appeasing Russia and Russian interests. That's why they're doing this, because they have no choice. They have no choice but to do it. There's no alternative for them. For them to say yes, Russia did this, it runs contrary to uh, you know what they're being possibly paid or coerced to say, and that is in and of itself one of the most dangerous, damaging things in all of this. As you were just saying, I mean, the yeah. damage is 
enormous yeah. and incalculable right now that we have elected officials in this country, including the president, including the ranking member, the one day, at one point, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, pushing forward this made up nonsense, this bullshit story from a Russian stooge with links to both Putin and Oleg Deripaska. It is shocking, this shocking is, to this- watch. This is like a Twilight Zone or a, a 1960s uh, sci-fi movie yeah. in which uh, we suddenly realize that the aliens are, are already here disguised as us and yeah. they they are here in tremendously frightening numbers. <laughs> it, it, and and it, in many ways, it looks like this is... It feels like when we, we talk about it on these terms, it feels like more than we can handle uh, because there's quite a lot here. I, I'm confident that the the sort of focused track the Democrats are on in the House, uh, with that track, justice will prevail. But uh, this is this feels like bigger than all of us, yeah. and it it, it it's that's a it, that's the sort of sinking Twilight Zone feeling there. Mm-hmm. Is and I, I certainly understand. I'm constantly, I'm I'm Mr. Mary Sunshine on on or try to be on online because there are so many people out there who are pessimistic and I get it. Oh, believe yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I I get it. I totally get. It. But we can't do that right. a lot of times. And I try to talk people off the ledge and and succeed more times than I would have expected. Uh, so I, I I just think that's an important thing to do. But I understand this feeling of being overwhelmed is it bigger than we are is it more than we can handle i think the track the democrats are on will be okay but it it certainly has that big scary feeling doesn't it yeah it does well the thing that's the most scary aspect of all of this buzz is the fact that I have no blessed clue how you fix something like this. I mean, there are systemic things that you can do. There are legislative, certainly constitutionally, you can do some things to close up some of these loopholes that Donald Trump has exposed. But how do you fix the fact that Donald Trump and all of his disciples, including most of the conservative entertainment complex, or what I refer to today as the Red Hat entertainment complex, how do you uh, hold them accountable for taking on, in fact, denying the word of uh, American patriots and accepting the word of someone who is in the middle of not only attacking and invading the United States using cyber weapons, but also who has already attacked and invaded Ukraine, one of our uh, strategic allies in that region. Of course, as we know, once Ukraine falls to Vladimir Putin, next on deck is Eastern Europe because Ukraine sits it's right, right on the doorstep that's, of Eastern Europe. That's the gateway drug for Putin. That's that's how he gets his clutches back into. Yeah, he's, it's been his goal all along to reassemble the Soviet Union. Uh, that's that's been his mission. He was mm-hmm. a KGB agent for the Soviet Union. Uh, things things changed after with Reagan and after. Uh, but but it has been every day since then. Putin's goal to reclaim, not only reclaim the Soviet Union, but to make further advances. And uh, that's why Ukraine is so uh, strategically, diplomatically important to the United States. Uh, This is really our front line. And and, uh, in in exchange for dirt on Joe Biden, is that how we're playing this now? (laughs) Well, clearly we are. And uh, you know we're we're up against a, a very stubborn Republican Party here. I still think they've got to let go at some point. As far as to your question, how do we 
how do we call to account Fox News and, and others and, and, and even Republicans for what they've done? I have a feeling. I, I mean, I can't. Uh, the answers will vary and, and the severity will vary. Uh, but I think uh, karma, uh, dr- driven by the will of the people, will, uh, will take care of each of them individually. I think, uh, I, I, you know, uh, maybe it'll, who knows, maybe it'll involve the financial collapse of Fox News that comes yeah. about somehow or, mm-hmm. or, or Michael Bloomberg buys it or, you know, any number of things that could change. <laughs> Uh, to make sure that the folks who uh, played such a role in this dangerous game uh, never get to do so again. Yeah, and in fact, toward the end of my Salon piece that I uh, published this morning about the CrowdStrike conspiracy theory, if you need to know more about that, you need to know more details, go and look at that piece because it, uh, it goes into significant, uh, as Rachel Maddow says, granular detail about the the aspects of this conspiracy theory. But I ended it by saying that there needs to be a reckoning after all this is over. And I don't know exactly what that <laughs> reckoning should involve, but I mean, this goes back to what I was saying about accountability. You're, you're going to need a rubber suit and a really fast car. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm actually on the market. I'm going to go check Craigslist for that. Uh, but seriously, it's something where I feel like at the very least, this entire cabal needs to be marginalized and kept away from serious business from now on. And I'm talking about um, not allowing people like Donald Trump Jr. onto The View moving forward, not allowing yes. um, these guys to enjoy the same kind of attention and privileges that people of noble intent enjoy in this country and to just i i hope i hope this is my sincere hope that they are humiliated back into the margins so they don't even want to show their face anymore i mean not only are people not inviting them to appear publicly but they may not even want to appear publicly that's how badly they need to be humiliated on their way out the door and this needs to be a door that closes and locks behind them and doesn't allow for example one thing that i know we're going to see after all this is over is yes the rehab process you know what i mean where it was the same with george w when george w bush left office it was a lot of well you know i didn't really like him in the first place i was just kind of holding my nose and supporting him right. anyway because la, 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 la. okay i get it with george w bush maybe that's acceptable not with this group not with these people not after what they've done and again this current display that we're seeing happening playing out right now in congress certainly including this conspiracy theory where the word of vladimir putin is being taken over the word of not one but two branches of the american federal government it it can't be allowed to pass it can't be allowed to sustain beyond this horrible horrible dark ride and and i absolutely agree and the only thing i'm chuckling about is i'm I'm picturing you as bob the avenger because (laughs) you're and and the truth is after but after Watergate, there were many reforms that took place, some of which yeah. faded away, some of which don't apply. And in the case of George W. Bush, uh, he did some horrible, awful things. I mm-hmm. mean, the the war in Iraq, the you know, the the waterboard, the tort- yeah, uh, you know, all these horrible things that happened under his administration. Uh, and and but the, the, they weren't as bad as they were, as horrific as they were. They weren't government overturning. Yeah. Like these are right. These right. these have turned or threatened to turn government upside down. Uh, perhaps forever. Perhaps for a very long time. Uh, that's how that high stakes this is. And uh, so this is this is much worse than anything 
we've seen before. At the very best, George W. Bush did not necessarily undermine the functioning of the United States government. Right, right. Where yeah. Donald Trump has absolutely done that to the point, once again, of accepting Russian propaganda over American facts, American evidence, American investigations. This is where we are, and it is... It is horrifying to observe, and thank God there are people like Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and Jennifer Williams and certainly Marie Ivanovich last uh, and, week to, you know, being the brunt of the not only the Republican disinformation campaign, but also the Republican misogyny. Because that's what, you know what triggered Donald Trump to post that tweet on Friday in the midst of uh, Marie Ivanovich's testimony? It was uh, his, it was, was his, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was all about Donald Trump's hatred of women. Donald Trump, women are there to, to be masturbated into. They're not there for anything substantive as far as he's concerned. Outside that of maybe be, his daughter. That will be, that will be in his psychological profile, but yeah. uh, I think you know the narcissism and some other things will will be probably the focus of, right. of that of that psychological study when his brain is examined by science. <laughs> well, whatever is left of it when they get around to that, because the worms, you know, the wor if the worms yeah. are devouring well, his brain, there may not be left they, that much. They less might be. <laughs> that, that might be why we haven't seen him for a couple of days and he had the oh, surprise trip yeah. to the hospital. You see, mm -hmm. just just getting a head start on next year's physical <laughs> yeah i want to talk okay. about that in just a second the whole donald Good trump Lord. health situation as it stands right now but the first thing i want to say before we get into all of that is uh, it's been a while since i not only had my teeth clean but it's also been a while since i i tried whitening my teeth and buzz i gotta tell you i was not happy with some of the over-the-counter solutions to teeth whitening i thought those uh whitening trays are sloppy and i don't like having that in my mouth they're expensive in fact they started to burn my gums too and then the the whitening strips they cost a fortune and i really didn't notice any difference and of course going to the dentist is a lot of out-of-pocket uh, expenses and so on time off of work and what have you but the holidays are coming office parties family gatherings all those cringeworthy pics uh, smiling with discolored coffee stained teeth although it makes my teeth sound worse than they really are i do need to whiten my teeth but i mean i'm making my teeth sound like they're candy corn or something they're not, they're not but i could always use a, a sparkling pearly white smile and in order to do that i've got right here my fresh new box of power swabs you never really whiten until you whiten with power swabs they're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. Power swabs never leave my teeth and gums all sore and sensitive like other whitening treatments, and it's totally safe and effective on all dental work. If you're not happy, Power Swabs are back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. You need to try Power Swabs, and you'll you'll not believe how much whiter your teeth will be, again, in just five minutes. I got you a great deal, too. Go to buypowerswabs.com, use my code SEXY, S-E-X-Y, for 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. That's right. 40% off plus an extra $10 off plus there's more a free quick stick or you can call 1-800-668-1749 use my code sexy again 1-800-668-1749 using the code sexy that's buypowerswabs.com code sexy visit buypowerswabs.com today thank you the Bob Seska Show the Bob Seska Show
Lopez is uh, music from Battle Tapes. The song is called No Good from the uh, Form album. Love Battle Tapes. One of our favorites here on the show. One of our favorites of our listeners. One of the most requested uh, recording artists that we get. Thank you to all of our recording artists for submitting your music. Uh, again, bobseska.com slash music if you want to submit. Please do so, and thank you so much. Another uh, Indie Music Countdown coming up at the end of this month. You know what? It's going to be the last Indie Music Countdown of this year, and I will tell you why. Because after Thanksgiving, I'm rolling out the Christmas music. And so, as a consequence, at the end of December, there won't really be an Indie Music Countdown because I'll be playing all Christmas music throughout (laughs) throughout December, and everyone's going, oh, well, those are shows I won't listen to. (laughs) You... You old sentimentalist, you. <laughs> well, you know, I'm Clark Griswold. I got to roll out all the uh, the decorations on the show, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, what were we going to talk about here uh, next up on the show? Oh, yes, Donald Trump and his <laughs> emergency visit to the clinic the other day. We'll get back to, uh, I want to talk about Marie Ivanovich's testimony here in just a second. But uh, before we dive into that, uh, what do you think about this buzz? Is this much ado about nothing, or is this, do you think, something we should uh, keep a closer eye on? Well, I think we should absolutely keep an eye on it. It may be nothing. It may yeah. be nothing. Uh, hang on. I'm just about to post the breaking news here. The morning session for today's impeachment hearing has ended. An afternoon session is due to begin at 3. So Bob and I are actually squeezing the show in in between hearings today. Skyrockets in flight, afternoon delight. There you go. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I apologize for being distracted. We were talking about the importance of which again? Oh, the uh, Donald Trump's health scare. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't know anything yet, obviously. And and, uh, so the imagination can run wild. Uh, it, it is a little odd. It is a little unusual. It is a little irregular. Uh, and maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, you know, we, we just don't know anything yet. But there is a sense, certainly, that there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, hinky enough evidence to indicate there may be something going on here. Clearly, we don't know anything. But, yeah, I think it's something we can keep watching. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I don't know for sure. And, again, I want to preface by right. saying I don't know. None of us know for certain why he went to Walter Reed suddenly on the spur of the moment. But I, I do know, and I think we all understand, that Donald Trump is not a healthy man. Donald Trump does not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Donald Trump does not lead a healthy lifestyle using all four of the major food groups. But, uh. He does. He eats a lot of uh, fast food and hamburgers and uh, fried foods and all the rest of it. Junk food, basically. And he's also 70-something years old. He's uh, overweight, and he doesn't sleep at night, too, and and is loading himself up with... Some kind of uppers, some have speculated, you know, pseudofeds, others have speculated provigil and Adderall. And yeah, I mean, each passing day, the legend of Donald Trump more closely parallels the legend of Elvis Presley. Yes. And I think it's entirely possible they will end the same way. (laughs) Yeah, entirely with a 40 pound impacted colon. And I wonder. I mean, so he's going into Walter Reed, and it could be any number of things. Obviously, the speculation has been uh, some sort of chest pains, or I think there was some kind of consensus on Twitter, at least, that it was an anxiety attack, that he thought it might have been a heart attack along those lines. All kinds of rumors flying around, but we don't know for sure. What we do know is that, uh, as I said, 
it's only a matter of time. So I don't know exactly what it could be, but uh, we should watch carefully because I, I do know this for sure. Anything Donald Trump says about any of these things, everything from the Ukraine investigation, the normal functioning of his presidency, all the way down to his health, is 100% bullshit. Everything out of his mouth, on some level, is a lie or some form of Weasley bullshit. And so that's that's what we can expect. I mean, so he says, "I'm okay," and I'm the I'm the. I, and who was saying this? Janine Pirro the other night was saying that Donald oh. Trump is almost superhuman. Oh yeah, with his stamina. And the fact, and they've been kissing his ass saying that, oh, yeah, you know what, too? You look younger, Mr. President, than you did when you first started office. How is that even possible? And that's not, it's not possible because it's actually not true. Duh. You know, it used to be, it used to be that if you said, uh, the president's a liar uh, in, in eras prior to this one. Yeah. If you said that, that would be considered political. That would be, oh, that's a political statement. No, yeah. no. Today, it's it's not a political statement. It's a factual statement. Statement of fact. And, and, and which is one of the scary things here is that we're used to hearing it as a political thing. So to many, to say the president's a liar is a political statement. Mm-hmm. It, it, time was, it was. Yep. But at the present time, it's not. At the present time, it's literal. It's true. The president is a liar. Who would have thought? This would be normal discourse. Who would have thought it normal that the president lied? Oh, yeah, he does that all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, who, who saw that day coming? <laughs> right, right. Well, as, as you know, Buzz, you and I both having uh, close relatives who are Trump supporters, you go to them and what? say, you know... <laughs> Right. You go to them and say, you know, Donald Trump has lied over 14,000 times, according to the Washington Post. And the response invariably will be, oh, bullshit. Politicians always lie. You mean to tell me Barack Obama never once lied? They're all the same. They're all the same. Right. And of course, it's not the same. Yes. Politicians bend the truth and they fib and they use weasel words. But that's I mean, the difference between a normal politician. And, and, And then there's one who lies every fucking time. Open his mouth. <laughs> yes. Wrong. 100%. There is no comparison whatsoever. It's like the difference between a pinprick and a sucking chest wound. This guy is a volcano of lies that is unprecedented. And even some of his supporters will concede, yeah, you know what? I take what he says with a grain of salt. Well, how can you possibly <laughs> believe anything that he says then? If you think that he's lying to you most of the time, how can you possibly? Possibly accept anything as being the truth. What if he's just lying well, with the things that you think he's telling the truth about, too? Th- that's a lot of grains of salt, and as doctors will tell you, that will contribute to high blood pressure. So maybe, <laughs> yes, maybe not so many, not salt. so many, not so many grains of salt might be a good thing. That's right. All those hamburgers. He loves, loves, loves them. The hamburgers. Yeah. Thank you, Chris Matthews. Uh, okay, so um, Nancy Pelosi uh, obviously has uh, been at the uh, tip of the spear in all of this. Donald Trump not thrilled about Nancy Pelosi these days. And in fact, the president, despite his alleged health concerns, stepped out and, and did a uh, cabinet meeting this morning and was screaming at reporters once again. Here's uh, the president uh, remarking on Nancy Pelosi and the impeachment process that we're seeing underway today. I think the woman is grossly incompetent. Uh, and we're having a problem because Mexico and Canada are calling, saying, what's going on? And it's sitting on the desk. She doesn't need Democrats because the Democrats are going to vote for it. All she has to do is put it up for a vote. 
She's said for months now, oh, well, no, she likes it, she wants it, she likes it, she wants it. The woman is grossly incompetent. All she wants to do is focus on impeachment, which is just a little pipe dream she's got. And she can keep playing that game. And I've been told, and who knows if this is so, but I think it's so, I have pretty good authority on it, that she's using USMCA because she doesn't have the impeach impeachment votes. So she's using USMCA to get the impeachment vote. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. Not only because Tiny Trump is becoming increasingly difficult to understand for some reason. Dude's, uh, dude's paranoid, I can tell you that. Yeah. Oh my God, is he paranoid. Uh, and what he's doing a lot of these days is, is uh, projection. What they're doing is all the attacks on Donald Trump that uh, he's melting right. down, that he's grossly incompetent and all the rest of it. They're just taking that and turning it around. He, he almost had a song there. She likes it, she wants it, she likes it, she wants it. <laughs> That's right. You might, was, yeah. might be able to do something with that. I don't know. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is that Nancy Pelosi already has the votes for impeachment. I mean, I'm talking about the yeah, final right. votes on the articles of impeachment. They, she's done a whip count. She knows what she's doing. The votes are there. There's no need to coerce more people to vote for impeachment using the USMCA. Although, I mean, there may actually be something happening behind the scenes where maybe Nancy Pelosi wants to get a few more uh, Republican votes, get a couple of Republican votes in there so she can say it's bipartisan and she may in fact be using the USMCA which is basically a copy of NAFTA that Donald Trump is passing off as being better than NAFTA but uh, so I guess it's possible that she's doing that although we go back to our conversation of just five minutes ago (laughs) Buzz which is to say Donald Trump lies about everything so there's probably no truth whatsoever to Nancy Pelosi using the USMCA to coerce people into supporting impeachment it's just if it happens it happens yeah right 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 so uh, Nancy Pelosi said about Donald Trump uh, and his tweet about Marie Ivanovich the witness intimidation we saw on Friday Pelosi said he made a mistake quote I think part of it is his own insecurity (laughs) this is so great as an imposter He knows full well he's in that office way over his head, and so he has to diminish everyone else. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, just referred to the president the other day as an imposter. She knows exactly how to press his buttons. Yeah, and that's what it was. That was more for his benefit than it was for the public. She wasn't talking to the general public when she spoke into the microphones and the cameras and said Mm -hmm. that. She was talking to the president. And so she was trolling him. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. And I certainly feel with the the amount of trolling that he's done that that he's earned it. No, I think... uh, I think Pelosi and, and Congress are on the right track here, and, and I think they, they're doing a very good job. How, how much it'll change minds of the public, I don't know, yeah. but this this ain't over yet. We haven't heard from Dr. Fiona Hill yet, oh my uh, God. Uh, who's going to cap off this testimony. Uh, we, we, there are miles to go before we sleep, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have said, you know, well, there haven't been any, haven't been a lot of bombshells so far. Well, first of all, there have, but but if it hasn't seemed like it, it's because we're not even to the middle of this thing yet. Yeah. Uh, in terms of number of witnesses being uh, deposed or uh, interviewed publicly here, so uh, you know, let's the show's not over yet, and this is carefully scripted. Yeah. We've known going in that these uh, witnesses were laid out in a certain order for a certain reason. 
and uh, they were their witnesses were chosen for a certain reason. Mm-hmm. In some cases, because they're incredibly convincing. Uh, so this this play has already been written, and uh, it's our job to sit down and shut up until the play is over, and uh, and and then Congress and the American people can decide. What you have to do, and I'm speaking you in general, uh, is yes. to look at these events as if you're seeing them for the first time. I mean, we all, uh, Buzz, you and I, and and everyone else right. listening on to this show, we have. Our our faces pressed against our computer screen, absorbing this stuff osmotically every damn day. But there are millions of people tuned into the uh, the broadcast on the, all the major news networks and certainly on the broadcast networks as well. And hearing a lot of this information for the first time, I think for them... The bombshells are there. I think they're seeing it. But when you hear a pundit on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC saying, well, I didn't see any bombshells. Jonathan Allen last week saying, oh, we need more pizzazz. Well, you know, Jonathan Allen, again, just like the rest of us, has his face pressed against his computer screen and he's following all these things. So he knows all of the details as they've been emerging through some of the released uh, closed door testimony and so on. Uh, So, of course, nothing's going to come as a surprise to him. But and it doesn't nothing, need to, yeah. yeah. Nothing can have the pizzazz of Eat Shit Bob as presented by John Oliver last week. <laughs> nothing has that. <laughs> no, see, that's what people... <laughs> but see, now people are spoiled and they want that in everything. That's so. <laughs> Shit! <Bob>! Spoiler! <laughs> so there, you, better. you want... You want pizzazz? There's your pizzazz. There's the pizzazz. Tomorrow's hearing will be a musical. Yeah, that's right. Maybe they just need Chris Matthews down in the hearing room farting randomly, and that'll add pizzazz to the proceedings, I'm sure. Uh, So let's see. So uh, going back to the Marie Ivanovich testimony on Friday uh, and my ongoing theme, my ongoing maxim for observing the Donald Trump presidency, which is that Trump always makes things worse for Trump. He just, <laughs> he can't help himself. One of his right. one right. of his things is uh, constantly asking himself, what does this button do? And so leaning on yeah. one of the many buttons that he shouldn't be pressing, Donald Trump tweeted out uh, what amounts to witness intimidation and will probably end up being another article of impeachment. But the White House responded along these lines. Uh, we, all, of course, all know the, the, the tweet itself and what happened. But the White House responded, the tweet was not witness intimidation. It was simply the president's opinion, which he is entitled to. This is not a trial. This is a partisan political process, blah, blah, blah. Well, Trump also tweeted over the weekend something to the effect of, I'm just exercising my free speech. Mm-hmm. Well, as we all know, anyone with you know more than a first grade education knows that free speech is not absolute. Perjury is against the law. Witness intimidation is against the law. Oh, he's free to he's free to speak himself into breaking the law. We we yeah. you can definitely you're allowed in this country. That's one of the great things about America. You're allowed to say something that incriminates you. And <laughs> that's and, right. and that's that's what that's what he did in this case. Here's my take on it. Very yeah. simply, he just wanted to be involved. There was a TV show. No, seriously, yeah. I am not yeah. kidding. I'm not kidding. There was a TV show. Everybody was watching. He wanted to be on it. Uh, he, you know, he wanted his, his chance to respond. He, of course, he's refused to turn over any documents. Right. He's refused to allow his people to testify. Mm. But when he heard what he heard on TV from Marie Ivanovich, uh, now he wanted to be involved. Now he wants to testify, and he wants to do it via Twitter. Yeah. Well, it, it don't work that way, champ. And you've just you've just uh, you've just gotten yourself into legal trouble here. Yeah. 
Uh, you've just made it worse for yourself, compounding the obstruction of justice, which will be one of your articles of impeachment uh, by uh, witness intimidation and witness tampering. Uh, this is, you know, it's because he's stupid and he, nobody had a chance to stop him. He just wanted to be involved. He wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. He couldn't help. He could not help himself. Yeah. I mean, it, the dividing line between what Donald Trump said and free speech is like the difference between uh, saying, well, you can yeah. say anything you want, whether or not you should, or you're allowed to say those things. Well, that's or, or a, that's whether there or, or whether there are consequences for saying those things. Yeah. You can, you can, and this has been my thing about, well, you know, because you hear this from conservatives, like, well, I got my right to free speech. Yeah, but uh, that with with that comes responsibility, and with free speech come consequences for irresponsible speech. There are legal, uh, civil, and criminal consequences for speech uh, of yeah. various kinds. As there should be, mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, yeah, everybody has the right to free speech, and everybody has the right to incriminate themselves. Well, it's easy to figure out anything in the world of Donald Trump, what his motivations are, why he's saying what he's saying, and it's because Donald Trump's instincts are criminal ones. Donald Trump thinks like a mobster. And so yeah. the things that he blurts are all in service of those instincts. His gut is constantly telling him, I got to do whatever I can do to wiggle out of the trouble I've already created for myself. And you know what? It's already going to, it's going to cause me even more trouble, but I don't care because I'm the strongest, best, greatest guy ever. And everything I do is golden. I mean, is he... It's, it's, I, it's an amazing thing to observe psychologically because all at the same time, he's got these criminal instincts, but he doesn't believe he's got these criminal instincts. Or if he does, well, he's making yeah, excuses he, as to why he doesn't. Here, here's why it seems criminal. First of yeah. all, uh, criminals laugh at Donald Trump because he's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. He's, if, he, if he were to be a criminal, he would be a very bad one. He would be a very stupid criminal. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, Donald Trump is more accurately described as... Uh, an immature individual, uh, yeah. maybe about the emotional level of an eight-year-old who, uh, you know, lashes out in the way an eight-year-old does. I think his, his responses come from a place of in, that insecurity mm. and of ignorance. The ignorance and insecurity of being an emotional eight-year-old uh, <laughs> makes him respond the way he does. And it certainly appears criminal because of its evil intent and evil effect yeah but like i said real criminals i think laugh at the guy well he's got this these criminal instincts but at the same time he's got this victimhood complex so and it's right. the well, these are things yeah. that are yeah. and I, again i really i i don't know why i'm going down this road but i try desperately not to put donald trump on the couch but i mean this is inevitable to, to reach these conclusions oh, go ahead <laughs> The Donald Trump's criminality plus his victimhood complex are yeah. in concert, both features of narcissistic personality disorder. Sure, absolutely. So what he's doing is he's breaking the law all over the place, and then when he's held accountable for it, he's going, why, oh, why? Why are you attacking yeah. me? Be because he's never been held accountable. This is right. an emotionally, uh, emotionally eight-year-old individual who has never been held accountable. And I think, yep. uh, I think that emotional immaturity and the lack of education that goes with it uh, explain his behavior more than mm -hmm. anything else. That's right. And yeah, there's, there's, is there evil in his heart? Oh, you betcha. But uh, I can find you an eight-year-old who has evil in his heart, too. <laughs> All those evil, evil eight-year-olds. I know. I know exactly what we're talking you've about. Seen the, you've seen the movies. You know. <laughs> 
All right, on that note, we're going to take one last quick break, and when we come back, I need to thank some of my Patreon subscribers. Today is Thank You Patrons Day okay. on Patreon, so I want to thank some of my Patreon subscribers. Plus, I want to talk about David Holmes and Gordon Sondland, and the, the testimony that I think goes hand-in-hand with each other and, and how that's really, really bad news for Donald Trump. All that and more coming up right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Seska. I thought they had me up in Crown Point like they had Johnny years ago. I thought they had me surrounded. One thing that they didn't know That I had me a plan This guy right here, Michael McDermott, is uh, rapidly ascending my list of all-time favorite recording artists. I cannot get enough of this guy's music. Uh, There's a song that he uh, released a while back about his dad that I was <laughs> I was sharing with you, Buzz, on... Uh, yes. On uh, Sunday night, as I was listening to it, this is a different song. This is called "Getaway Car" from his Willow Springs album. But uh, it's it's like every song I land on from Michael McDermott, it's even better than the previous song I listened to by him. And it's just uh, amazing, amazing work. Michael McDermott, link in the description below. Uh, make sure to support all of his music and uh, uh, tissues not included. I'll just let you know that. <laughs> he, he's, he's very good, as are uh, all the artists that you play. I enjoy him very much. I just have one question for you, Bob. Yes. Y- you going country on my boy? <laughs> No, 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 no. You know, I don't actually consider Michael McDermott to be country necessarily, although we do have a couple of country recording artists on the list. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I've heard a couple that lean in that direction. It's all right, you know, to each his own. (laughs) I'm not a... Not a fan. I grew up with it. My dad uh, had a a record. Um, They actually used them. Uh, He had a record called These Tears Have Washed I Love You from the Blackboard of My Heart. I swear to God, it was not a novelty record. It was like a a real song, or so people thought. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said uh, before the break, today is Thank You Patrons Day uh, on our Patreon page. It's it's something that's happening across all creator pages on Patreon, and so we're all taking a moment out to thank all of our subscribers. And and I I really have to say here and now that uh, I am grateful beyond words for the support that I get on Patreon specifically. And that is because the support on Patreon allows me to do this 
basically as my full-time job. I do some other things along the way too, but mainly my job is hosting a podcast now. And it's what I've wanted to do uh, maybe not specific to podcasting because when I was 10 years old in 1981, I had no idea what podcasting was and no one did. But when I was 10 years old, I would sit in my bedroom and I would, with a little record player and a little boom box and host my own little radio shows. And I did that for way longer than I'm willing to admit <laughs> as far as recording my own little fake radio shows in my bedroom. But And when people, when people hear that sad story, they give Bob money <laughs> is how that works. He's so, oh, so pathetic. That, Here's a dollar, that Bob. Poor, that poor, poor child. No, I, I, I don't mean to take away from this moment. I, because I, I know, I know how serious you are about it. I, I know how important it is to you. <laughs> yes, that's right. When I was sitting, Boy, sitting alone, alone in my cutoff jeans in the 1980s, recording oh, uh, on top of a spaghetti plate at 45 RPM when it was a 33 RPM record, you know, because it was hilarious. And and what am I doing now? I'm playing recordings of the president where it sounds like a 33 RPM record played at 45 RPMs. So uh, it, some things never change. And Exactly. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I'm still sitting in my room recording a show. <laughs> I know. So am I. <laughs> we're, we're all guilty. We're all yeah. guilty. I, you know, I, I'm guilty of all those things and more. And I was just, it struck me how sad that terribly sad that must sound to everyone else uh, but <laughs> well i mean it's it's that's it, what we did in all seriousness it is what i have always wanted to do yeah. i have always wanted to host my own radio show since i, I was 10 it. years old watching wkrp in cincinnati and wanting to be dr johnny fever uh because of that listening to harden and weaver <laughs> on wmal and then don geronimo yeah. on wava and then on and on and on uh, all kinds it. of influence david letterman was a big influence in there too but now sure, I get to sure. do this exact thing that I've wanted to do for 40 years, and it's because of all of you supporting us on our Patreon page. And I just want to name a few of you here since it is Thank You Patrons Day. Uh, I want to thank Jeff Tanterick, Grant, Therese Morris, Ron Garbez, uh, Kathy Cole, Ken Hahn, Jody Johnson, Ziggy Blue, who's the master of ceremonies on our Patreon page, Patrick Humphreys, uh, Dave Giselle, Todd Sherry. Rod Rickenbach, uh, Jim Virgin, Mary Dunn, uh, Yal Bloor, Lynn Michelle, uh, Lauren Allen, C.L. Nicholson, Ingvild Eyring, uh, Richard. I'm just, some of these are just one names. Bob, Mooney, Bob, Mooney Bob, Gal, can yeah. You, can you slow down? I, I'm trying to write all these down. <laughs> That's right. You're horking my uh, uh, subscriber That's list, right. aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah slower. Alexander Fish, our mutual friend Buzz, Amy Taylor, the great Amy Taylor. Ah, yes. Uh, Joseph Running, who's always the first person to like all of our Patreon posts. Uh, Greg Shepard, Pat DeMarco, uh, Don Webb, Scott Smith, Dan Dees, uh, Tracy Collins, uh, Paul Ackerman, John Nelson, Matt Wellman. Uh, let's see, Quad Cities Pat. I love Quad Cities Pat. Ben Tempko. Uh, I've known Ben Tempko for a long, long time. Jenny Quick. Uh, Carol Moore. Tim Mulligan. Uh, the list goes on and on here. Geraldine Santos. Christopher Loseth. Barbara Pagino. Uh, Anthony Duran. Uh, Jane Purley. And just, I can't, I wish I had time to name everybody. I, I don't have uh, that kind of time. And everyone who's not subscribed is going... Oh, Bob, where's that 15-second advance forward button on my podcast player? But thank I you actually, to everyone. I, I actually went out to it for a sandwich during <laughs> You too. I did no, too. No. I I'm did sorry. Too. I keep making. I keep making jokes, and I know how important this is 
And I know I'm not, I know I'm not taking it as seriously as I perhaps should because we, you and I both uh, jointly and separately rely on the support of these wonderful people we couldn't yes. who let us do, like you said, who let us do exactly what we feel we were born to do. Yeah. However sad, however sad that may seem. Uh, Scooter Cons, <laughs> Aaron Wyatt. I mean, just oh, so many yes. names here. You know, the thing is, though, the thing that makes this extra special buzz is the fact that we don't have a program director lurking over our shoulder. All we have to hold us accountable are our listeners. Our listeners, were, it's a direct one-to-one relationship between us and our listeners. There is no middle management. There's no one some telling them, us. Yeah, there's no one telling us we our, can and can't say whatever we want to say. Although some of our listeners are lurkers. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I and, you know, some of that I don't mind. You right, know? right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The lurkers are usually the most loyal ones because... Because, you know, That's true. again, That's what's true. the what's the rule about callers on a radio show? It's like one percent of your audience actually calls the show. And so it's not yeah. a, a full representation of the broader audience. But yeah, yeah, it's one percent or less of, of the number of people who will get actively involved or become really super involved in a yeah. radio show. Yeah. And 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 but radio, yeah, this is great because radio was always considered an intimate medium more mm-hmm. intimate than television or any other yeah and here's what i've learned uh, podcasting is even more intimate than radio and i'm all for that yeah oh, yeah me too me too so one of the other things i did today and then we'll move on back to uh the testimony today is that uh for our top 40 lifetime subscribers so this is the the people uh-huh. who have subscribed with the largest dollar amounts to date uh, beginning yes. maybe as far back as May 2015 when we started the Patreon page. For those top 40 subscribers, I gave them uh, free access to the entire archive of After Party episodes going all the way back to January 12th, 2012, Ooh. which was our first After Party show. And uh-huh. so this is, you're getting an extra three, four years of content that isn't available on our Patreon page and that also happens to include Ches Pazienza as my co-host on all those shows. So you're getting the entire, you now have access to the entire archive of Ches Pazienza co-hosted After Party episodes. Plus, beginning next year, I'm releasing to those 40 top listeners, 40 top subscribers on our Patreon page, uh, an exclusive phone number to be able to call in and participate in the Friday After Party shows. The designated ones where we decide to take uh, calls. I imagine once or twice a month we'll do that. We'll open up the phones. But we're only going to be taking calls from the people who get that exclusive phone number it's just my way of adding an additional uh, bonus reward for all of the loyalty and uh, generosity from all of our amazing uh, top patreon subscribers so thank you thank you again to all of you and and now back to our regularly scheduled programming already in progress um okay so what we're going to talk we're going to talk about david holmes and uh, gordon sondland now of course these two bits of testimony are going to go hand in hand and it's going to you want to talk about something where donald trump is probably going to have to go back to walter to read <laughs> these two bits of testimony i predict are going to send him into absolute conniptions because of course uh, david holmes is the uh is the aide of bill taylor who overheard the loud cell phone call right. in in kiev between gordon sondland and Donald Trump as they were sitting there in a restaurant over a bottle of wine. And Donald Trump was speaking loudly, and Gordon Sondland didn't mind that everyone in the restaurant could probably hear Donald Trump's voice screaming about well, investigations. Now, we don't know why Trump was so loud. He may have been speaking loudly. Uh, Sondland probably had his yeah. volume turned up all the way on his phone. But here's what actually went down in that moment. 
when uh, Trump finally did get on the line, you know, Sondland has to go through several people uh, yeah. on hold waiting for, and Trump finally gets on the line, and it's just booming loud. And the others at the table say he actually, <laughs> I enjoy this, uh, Sondland winced and pulled the phone away from his head because it was so... <laughs> Because it was so freaking loud. <laughs> and between the loudness of the call, mm -hmm. the quietness of the restaurant, yeah. and the distance uh, between Sondla's head and the receiver, everyone at the table, and for all we know, others in the restaurant, may have over or did or may have overheard that call. Yeah. And uh, we also know that because of the part of the world in which that call was made, because Russia owns all four of the phone companies in Ukraine, uh, <laughs> we're pretty damn sure Ukraine was listening in yeah. uh, to, to that call. So is there anybody who didn't hear that call? That's the, <laughs> the more pertinent question. Yeah, it was so quiet in that restaurant that you could hear Chris Matthews fart is how quiet it was. Uh, yeah, so what we have here is not only the testimony of the guy who overheard the details of the call, but on the heels of that, we're going to get to hear from the guy who was actually on the call with Donald Trump. And the, the key question to Gordon Sondland is going to be, did this call take place? Did the, right. the testimony of David Holmes actually bear out in the context of this phone call to the best of your recollection? And at that point, Gordon Sondland's either going to have to go, you know what, I plead the fifth, or he's going to have to confirm the existence of that phone call. And that's going to be the clincher. And I mean by clincher, the one that's going to clinch Donald Trump's butthole because he's not, because it is going to be one of those bombshell moments if, and in fact, Gordon Sondland confirms the entirety of David Holmes' testimony. David Holmes is Thursday, um, along ah, with okay. Fiona Hill. So Thursday is going to be explosive. Uh, Sondland is tomorrow. So it's going to be reverse of what I said. It'll be David Holmes. Well, I guess Sondland's still going to be asked to confirm the David Holmes testimony because Holmes has already con uh, testified behind closed doors. So there's already a record of what he had to say about the call. And the record, I don't know if you had a chance to read David Holmes' testimony yet, Buzz, but the description of that phone call right, <laughs> is, is right. hilarious. Uh, it is. I have. It is. And, and that's actually where I got the... The wincing that uh, Sondland winced as he uh, drew the phone away from his ear with the loud uh, Trump phone call. Man. Yeah, yeah. What was the uh, what was the one quote about his ass about Trump's ass or something? Oh, it... oh, yeah. I almost uh, did a joke about this today. Uh, it, it, Trump asked, uh, I guess, what Zelensky thought of him or something. I don't remember the, the exact question. But but uh, Sondland's answer was, "Oh, he loves your ass. Yeah, he'll do whatever you ask him to. He'll." <laughs> He'll he'll do whatever you ask him to with mm. the, the rest of that. So, so yeah, but talking about Zelensky loving Trump's yeah, ass. He, he loves your ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, he's going to have to uh, shove Mike Pompeo out of the way because I thought Mike Pompeo was the guy who loved oh, Trump's ass a, more than there's anyone. a whole there's a whole line of people. <laughs> Get in line, pal. So uh, one last question before we wrap up here, Buzz, for the free portion yes. of the show. Um, should we panic over this uh, temporary yes. hold by the Supreme Court on uh, Trump's tax returns? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the preemptive no. yes. No yeah, matter what no, it is. My, well, that's my instinctive answer, but the actual answer... <laughs> The, the, the actual answer is no, okay, we should good, not. Good. Uh, the de Democrats were all in on this before the Supreme Court even said we're going to put a delay on this. The Democrats' attorney said, you know what, Your Honor, it's fine if you put a delay on this. We want you to take time, yeah. uh, Just Chief Justice, we want you to take time 
uh, the justices to take time to think about this, to talk about this. Uh, the Democrats will speak again on Friday. That is the same day the, the justices, justices will be. Well, both. Oh, both, okay. Bob. Gotcha. Uh, the, we'll, we'll hear from the Democrats' uh, lawyer on Friday. Ah. And then also on Friday, the justices will meet privately uh, and decide whether they're going to take the case. There are all kinds of things that could happen here. Yeah. It could be uh, they could decide in that little meeting. They say, eh, Roberts, you handle this. you know, And <laughs> right. it could just be. And so he'll just issue a ruling. Or they could schedule a vote. And uh, a number of people, because there are so many understandable pessimists out there, have said, oh, the Supreme Court's going to go along with Trump. Because, yeah, eh, don't be so sure. Uh, I, say, I say keep watching. I think, I think a lot of people are counting on Justice Roberts to save the day here, and I think there's a darn good chance he will. Yeah, I, you know what? I kind of agree with you, and I, I hope we're both right about this, but yeah, I, I yeah. kind of am leaning toward us being right. Based on precedent, based on how the Supreme Court normally operates, and I know mm-hmm. we're in abnormal times, but based on the precedent, there's a very yes. solid chance they are going to uh, force Mazars to release Donald Trump's tax returns to the appropriate committees, and that'll be... based on. Now, this is important. This is an important fight. I mean, they're not going to just brush this off. A lot of people think this is just about deciding whether or not to turn Trump's taxes over to Congress. Yeah. This is a, a constitutional battle underway. This is a fight mm-hmm. between the legislative branch and the executive branch that the judicial branch now has to settle. Yeah. That's what this is. And that's a constitutional battle. And the Supreme Court is here to settle that. And the, there's a tremendous weight on that decision. Combined with the fact that traditionally when uh, lower courts uh, unanimously uh, rule a certain way on on something, uh, the Supreme Court will either uphold it or not hear the case allowing the lower court rulings to stand. In cases about uh, immigration or something else where uh, some courts rule one way and some courts rule another, then the Supreme Court wants to weigh in and settle that. But in this case, where all the lower courts have agreed and said the same thing, no, he has to turn over his taxes, uh, I think we can fairly, almost uh, safely uh, assume that uh, the Supreme Court will uh, force Trump's accountants to turn over his financial records to Congress. My hunch is basically John Roberts is going to decide, you know what, I don't want any part of this. I'm going to defer back to the appeals court level and go with their ruling. We won't won't hear, we're not hearing this case. Yeah, I don't think he wants to stick his face into that propeller. But the other advantage that this temporary hold gives us is it lulls Donald Trump into a temporary false sense of security. I love that. That it's, it's, oh, Donald Trump maybe today feels like, oh, I've won this. This is great news for me. And then suddenly yeah. down comes the anvil onto his head it's, on Friday. It's almost it's almost always like that. Yeah. He always thinks that uh, he always thinks that uh, as has been the case all his life that there will be no consequences. Right. And we can enjoy the Schadenfreude there because uh, we know what the consequences are going to be. We see the anvil falling toward Wiley Coyote, <laughs> and we know we know we know. And Wiley Coyote thinks he's fine. You've seen the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. He thinks everything is just ducky, mm-hmm. and then. Bam, you know, and that's, I think that's what we're going to see here. Yes, and the, the amazing thing about Trump is he's constantly doing that. He's constantly smacking into the side of a cliff face or falling <laughs> over a, a precipice, trying to do whatever it is he's trying to do. The wily coyote metaphor, what I'm trying to say, is a perfect metaphor why, for Donald why Trump. Do you, yeah. Why do you think he had to go to Walter Reed? <laughs> exactly right.
right. That damn Acme Corporation and its dynamite always backfiring in Donald Trump's face. And then he has to go to the hospital on Saturday as a result of it. Um, by the way, by the way, I'm so glad that I'm not the guy who has to introduce when they meet. I'm sorry they're meeting, but Ukraine's President Zelensky's meeting with Russia's President Putin. Oh, and God. I, I would I would not want to be the guy who introduces them by saying Vladimir, 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 Vladimir. <laughs> Who, yes. Who, who needs that job? That's right. right that's right. And I, I love the reference to Oprah and Uma. That's <laughs> good for you, my friend. Uh, us being uh, members of the uh, of our chapter of the uh, the uh, Don. What what the hell am I trying to say? Uh, David Letterman fan club. David yes. Letterman, thank you for filling in the blanks for me. Yeah, you bet. Oh my God. Okay, so Buzz Burbank news and comments coming up this Thursday. It's going to be I don't know five six hours long. I assume. <laughs> Not if I can help it, Bob. It, I. Here, here's the challenge. I don't even know if I can get this out on time. I'm going to be burning the midnight oil writing this thing because I stay busy with hearings in your show uh, yeah. the rest of the time. So, yeah, I really I really got to honk on here. All right. Well, you may want to uh, bookmark buzzburbank.com to make sure, uh, to, to see whether or not he actually works out a yes. uh, newscast for this week and isn't uh, there you go. snowed over by uh, all History. of the news. Yeah. Uh, again, that's buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com. Follow Buzz at, at Michael J. Elston on Twitter and, of course, on Facebook and everywhere else your social media uh, uh, desires take you. Uh, meanwhile, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network can be found at sexyliberal.com, Jody Hamilton's show, Stephanie Miller's show, uh, oh my God, John Fugelsang's show, Final Word with Frangela, uh, The Great Rude Pundit, and so many more. Again, that's sexyliberal.com for the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, including this here little teeny tiny show. Okay, that's it. Postmortem show coming up next on our Patreon page. If you're subscribed at $5 a month, you can get the postmortem show. It's us continuing to talk after this music is done. Take care, folks. See you on, uh, oh yeah, Wednesday show. We're interviewing, we're talking with uh, Charles Johnson. Little Green Football is making a return appearance to the show, so we'll talk to Charles tomorrow about all things impeachment, etc. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Jody Hamilton, host of the podcast From the Bunker. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show where every week Sean Barton, David Shockett, and I discuss politics, sports, pop culture, that show on HBO that I don't watch. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.